Hey everyone, Jeremiah Isley here with Cryptic. Thanks for tuning in. In the middle of our Kickstarter campaign, we're just a week in and we're over 70% funded. Thank you so much. If you have backed, if you've even shared or liked or just uh, spread the word for us, we really appreciate it. If you haven't checked out our campaign yet, please do so. We would love that so much. You can head down into the show notes and click the link that's in there or just go to our homepage, crypticpodcast.com and click the link on the homepage. Today's kind of a weird day for us. It's a Wednesday and we don't have a new episode. We've been giving you new content, new stories every Wednesday for the last several months since last October in 2019. But today we have no more episodes. We're in between seasons. We're doing that Kickstarter. We're hoping to get things rolling here with production very, very soon. But today I have a little bonus content for you. I'm going to sit down with our executive producer, Jeremy Sneed. That's right. He was the executive producer last year for season one. And he's come back on board for season two. He and I have a nice little conversation about how he got into the entertainment industry, as well as why he jumped on board with us here at Cryptic. It was super awesome of Jeremy to join me today. I really appreciate that. I really can't wait to introduce you to our executive producer. So we're going to do that right now. And I'll come back and wrap things up after that. Here we go. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today. Got a special treat for you. We have on the line with us executive producer Jeremy Sneed. He's back. He was here with us for season one. He's back for season two. Jeremy, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with us today. Yeah, it's great to be here, man. Love uh, love what you're doing with Cryptic and glad to be a part. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're glad that you're a part of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> uh do us a favor. I just wanted to, uh, you know, the whole point of this is just give people an idea of the folks who are sort of working on the show behind the scenes and that sort of thing. Uh, tell us just a, a quick Cliff Notes history of Jeremy Sneed and sort of how you got into the production and entertainment industry. Oh, wow. Um, well, uh, I've been uh, <clears throat> working in entertainment, film, television, uh, gaming, uh, some form or another for about 20 years. Um, so I started, uh, way back in, uh, 2000 in the year 2000. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody remembers that Conan sketch, <laughs> um, at a company called Funimation and, uh, Funimation, for those who don't know, is, uh, probably most well known as a, a home video distribution and uh, for the Dragon Ball Z and a lot of really big anime, I think now they do uh, My, My Hero Academia and, and a lot of other really big anime series. But back in 2000, when I uh, was hired uh, as the as a licensing manager, uh, really all they had was Dragon Ball Z, and and that's all they mm-hmm. that's all they needed. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know, sure, yeah, that it was, was a huge, huge right, right. yeah, huge huge show, and uh, so they brought me in. Uh, uh, before that, I, I had just um, been running my own companies. I started a cell phone business and 
in uh, 95 in Amarillo, Texas, back when cell phone minutes were like $100 for 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and did that for a few years and then started a mortgage company and did that for a couple of years and uh, uh, just kind of got bored with, with with that stuff and was looking for more of a... Uh, just had a creative itch that I wanted to scratch. And so applied at this company, Funimation, and their licensing department was just starting, which uh, basically for those who, who don't know uh, kind of what that means, it's basically taking a popular brand and, uh, you know, selling a license of that brand to, you know, a toy company or a video game company or t-shirt company or lollipops, uh, you know, whatever you name it, just merchandise uh, and then they can make merchandise based on the brand and, and they pay a royalty to to the licensor, which in this case would be Funimation. So I came on and at the time they really didn't have a, any uh, uh, video game products. They they had kind of been talking with a, a few game companies. And so when I came on, I, I started working on the Master Toy license, which, which at the time was with a company called Irwin Toy, uh, then was in, uh, mm-hmm. switched over to Jack Specific. But meanwhile, looking to do a deal with a uh, game publisher, uh, long story short, a lot of negotiating uh, later, uh, mainly because every major game publisher in the world wanted the Dragon Ball Z license um, because it was such a popular show. Mm. And uh, it landed with a company called Infogroms, a French company, which then later was bought by Atari, uh, sort of the, the... third version of Atari, not the Atari from like the Pong days, <laughs> right. but the uh, PlayStation 2, Xbox version of Atari. And uh, they, you know, we did a deal with them and, and uh, you know, the rest was history. They they made lots of uh, uh, Dragon Ball Z games or published lots of Dragon Ball Z games. Uh, uh, Bondi was the, the developer of most of them, not all of them. And uh, just, you know, had, had a great time managing that license, met lots and lots and lots of folks in the, in the video game industry through that, seeing kind of how the entertainment industry worked and making a lot of contacts in, in gaming and toys and, and uh, film and television. I, uh, you know, again, just kind of had this creative itch I was wanting to scratch. Um, I'd always been an artist as a kid, just drew and wrote stories and you know, it was just kind of that I was the, I was the, I don't know what you want to call it, the, the nerdy, geeky uh, one in my family. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one, right? There's always one. That's right. <laughs> so I, I, I thought, you know, I want to, I want to do something. And uh, so I decided to, to start at the time. I didn't really, wasn't really focused on just uh, video production. I, I thought, you know, I'll start a, an agency, you know, kind of an ad agency and we can, we'll do print ads mm, and, mm-hmm websites and you know audio production and video production and uh came up with the name uh media juice because i thought you know media can mean anything and and sort of you know, right creative juices like okay me- media juice that, that'll be the name of it and uh not surprisingly my first client was atari because i knew a lot of those guys and and uh and gals and they they just gave me a shot said hey yeah we've got Nice. We need trailers for our video games, which looking back, I'm like someone with no experience doing that. It was, it's pretty incredible that they, they just gave me a shot, but they had also made <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars on Dragon Ball Z. So I, I think they probably felt obligated. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, started making uh, uh, trailers for Dragon Ball Z, uh, Budokai, Budokai 2, uh, later on, 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 the, on the Wii, when the Wii came out. And so that relationship, uh, that client, uh, Atari, evolved into uh, more video game publishers. Because at this point, we had a body of work. We're like, you know, look at all sure, these trailers yeah. we've done for Atari. And so we then... Uh, Started working with Activision and Konami and Capcom and Square Enix, and uh, that's that's kind of where it started. And that's been 16 years since uh, since we opened the doors at Media Juice. And I would I, I probably around the 2010 mark, about 10 years ago, is when I I decided that I was also interested in, in being a filmmaker instead of just making mm. instead of just being a commercial director you can only shoot so many commercials until it's like well okay that's yeah right <laughs> it's it's still fun but you know you want to be as you know with cryptic you want to be you know challenge yourself creatively and so i uh, started kind of studying film and kind of went to my own version of film school just looking at tutorials online okay how do you light on your own i, I had hired film crews in the past and and you know had had you know things shot professionally, but just sort of removed as the director, didn't really, wouldn't know how to light or run audio or, you know, what lens to use if left to my, you know, just mm -hmm. by myself. Mm -hmm. I kind of relied on the, on my team for that. Right around the time the Canon 5D came out where it's like, oh, wow, you can shoot video that looks like film on a DSLR yeah, camera. Right. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, I want to give this a shot and, uh, started kind of learning and, uh, out of that came my first documentary. It took about almost four years to shoot, which not surprisingly was about the the video game industry, kind of a deep dive on the history of video games and behind the scenes on on uh, on that world. It's called uh, Video Games the Movie, and uh, that came out in 2014 on Netflix and uh, later transitioned to uh, Amazon Prime and iTunes and yeah, and then the rest is just continued uh, shooting. Got several doc documentaries in production now. Uh, released a documentary series uh, about three years ago called Unlocked, The World of Games Revealed. And that's also kind of a deep dive on uh, the world of gaming. Uh, each episode is hosted by a different celebrity. So it's like uh, I think Sean Astin does an episode and Michael Rooker does an episode. And uh, Tom Arnold, of all people, <laughs> the comedian, <laughs> does an episode. Um and uh yeah um and here we, here are. we are 2020 still still media juice still moving along still moving along and i would i will say this um you know when i first met you i uh we'll talk about how we sort of teamed up a little bit later here but uh you were like hey watch watch some of this stuff just kind of get a, an idea of what i do and i i watched video games the movie and i was like this is you know, for a game, for somebody who who grew up a gamer and somebody uh, who enjoys filmmaking and documentaries, I was like, ah, oh, this is like heaven. This is great. You know, it's just really great project. Um, really, <laughs> something you should be proud of. You know, it's a really, really great uh, film that uh, is very relevant to the gaming uh, community. No, well, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, real quick, let's talk a little bit about how sort of you got involved. Uh, on your level with cryptic and um, and sort of what was the the tipping point that brought you on board I guess for both season one and season two like what made you say you know what this is something this is a project I want to sort of put my stamp on put my name in those credits as executive producer 
um, kind of, I guess, yeah. from your side of the story, you know, share that that a little bit. Well, I've always, you know, kind of going back to, you know, when I took myself to 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 film school, my kind of sort of self taught film school, um, two thousand nine ten. You know, I went back and and just uh, rewatched all all of the films of my childhood, and then even went back further and watched all the classics like uh, Citizen Kane and Gone yeah. with the Wind and and Greatest Show on Earth and and you name it. And doing research on a lot of those shows, uh, one of them being Citizen Kane, I always loved the story of uh, number one. Orson Welles is just a madman in a genius <laughs> in a right. good way Mad genius right <laughs> uh, and you know what he did with citizen kane which has informed you know filmmaking to this day yeah um, right. but even before that with his war of the worlds broadcast um uh-huh. you know back in the in the sort of radio the height of radio drama days um or even after the height of it uh, mm-hmm. That whole story, I'm sure your listeners know, of, of broadcasting the story of War of the Worlds and people thinking it was a real, <laughs> aliens were really invading. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always loved that story, and I love classic radio drama, and I feel like in the age of, uh, you know, when, when the, the iPod came along and the iPhone and CDs before that, um, radio obviously has suffered, but I think radio drama kind of died for, for a long time. And so Mm -hmm. when you told me what you're doing with cryptic, I just thought that is a brilliant idea and anything that, that helps to revive that, I guess, genre, um, I'm in and the, you know, obviously everything, you know, you, you produce, uh, my my podcast, the media juice podcast, and it's always, you know, the quality's high, the production value's there. So I knew anything that you were going to do, cryptic or otherwise, uh, would have the quality. But combined with the story and it being a sort of a modern day radio drama, I was like, this is this is really cool. So cool. Yeah. I uh well thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. I have a lot of fun doing sort of I, I feel like I'm I'm the audio version of you. Like I do a lot of like commercial work with podcasting <laughs> and, and things like that. But then I have this sort of love for narrative and storytelling and, and sure. a creative outlet, um, which, you know, there's creativity to be found in sort of the commercial work. But um, when something is strictly done for the sake of the story, uh, there it, it definitely opens up a lot of doors uh, in terms of creativity. So, And I think that informs, uh, can inform your, your client work. You know, for me, if I'm not... Sure. You know, if I don't have the outlet of my personal projects to work on, to work on those stories and to tinker on them, and then it's like I can kind of get stale with client work, you know, the creativity on that side. So I'm yeah. sure that you're the same way. It's like it keeps you sharp. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's just there's little tricks and techniques that you sort of develop and and strengthen. You know, you flex that muscle a little more. And then when you go back to something else, you can there's ways that you can find uh, ways that you can uh, apply that. So, uh, yeah, definitely it both sort of sharpen the one another. Uh, there's, there's definitely skills that, that transfer back and forth for sure. For sure. It's like that, uh, that scripture in the Bible as iron sharpens iron. So does one man sharpen another, but in this case, it's as iron sharpens iron, so does so does uh, creative projects sharpen client work. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like it. I like it. We'll run with that. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe so, there's a connection um, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, we'll just wrap up real quick. And uh, I, w- I do want to talk about the Media Juice podcast. Um, yeah. Just, you know, give you a little moment. We can, we can kind of plug this here a little bit uh, for folks who are listening. Uh, I guess in your words, explain what the Media Juice podcast is and, and why cryptic listeners would be interested in the show that we produce over there at, for Media Juice. Well, number one, I think, because uh, it's produced by Jeremiah Isley. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, I, you're not wrong, I guess. <laughs> um, now, I think, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, sort of being geeky nerd, nerd version of my family. I think you're, you're probably uh, that for your family or if, if not far off from it. I think it's just, you know, the, the Media Juice podcast for me is just interesting conversations with interesting people. Um, those people, you know, being, you know, in, in film, television, gaming, tech, um, and uh, I think it's been it's it's been a lot of fun, and and there's been a lot of insights and you know advice that these people have given for anyone that's trying to pursue something something creative, uh, whether that's acting or filmmaking or game design or or even really I think just pursuing something new, open starting a new business. Uh, a lot of the the men and women that have come on the podcast, they just they're at the top of their industry. They're at the top of their their game, so to speak, uh, pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've had folks like Michael Rooker, Nolan Bushnell, founder of Atari, uh, Matt Walsh, the uh, actor and comedian, and I could go on and on and on. Uh, but I think it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and the insights that you get from these people are it's kind of like a it's like orange juice concentrate. It's like everything you know. It's like half an hour to 45 minutes, but it's just really concentrated fun, uh, like advice and, uh, information from, from these folks. Uh, that's from my perspective. I don't know what you, what, what, what you, what your thoughts are on it. I, I think you're right on. Um, I think the one thing that I enjoy about the conversations that we have, and again, I mean, it's a long list. If, especially if you're in the video games, we get some really like top level, uh, designers and publishers and, you know, folks behind Borderlands. And we just recently mm-hmm. had uh, the voice director of Fortnite and Apex Legends and, you know, just yeah. really solid, you know, great guests. Uh, but it's not always just like, hey, so tell us about the latest project, like, you know, fluff conversation. It's Right, just it's, press. you know, deep dive into the techniques that they use and the skills that they use and how they developed uh, whatever the talent is that they have, how they sort of developed that and and got to where they are. And, um, you know, it's just I that's what I enjoy about it. It's, it's very refreshing. It's not just sort of a fluff interview to, like, promote something that's hot right now. Right. So, uh, yeah, I I love that about it. And I. Of course, I think people should listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, if if you're looking for an entry point, there's a, gosh, I think we have almost a hundred episodes. But uh, one of we're my close. favorite, yeah, we're real close. Yeah, yeah, um, about to get into the triple digits. Um, one of my favorite episodes is uh, a guy by the name of Tommy Tallarico. Who, uh, oh, for your yeah. listeners, if you if you don't know who Tommy is, um, Tommy. Uh, 
became a, a sort of legendary uh, game designer on the audio side. So producing music and sound effects. Uh, he worked on really famous titles for the Super Nintendo and, and uh, Sega Genesis and all the way up to, I think, uh, the Xbox and, and PlayStation 2. Uh, worked on, you know, Earthworm Jim and Lion King and Aladdin and, and yeah. you name it. His his sort of breaking in story of how he got into the industry is is pretty epic. It's it's literally like as he tells the story, you feel like you're watching a movie. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that what you thought? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. He like had a couple t shirts and uh he like left for LA. Like <laughs> Yeah. Pretty much it. He had nothing and he went and started trying to get jobs, you know? It was yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, it was like from from New Jersey to L.A. to Guitar Center to uh-huh. working as a game designer. <laughs> right, right. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, it's a great, great story that unfolds. Uh, and of course, he tells it so, so well. But yeah. uh, well, I know we are out of time and you're a busy man. So I want to get you on the on the move. Uh, thanks so much for your support of the show. Uh, we really, Absolutely. really appreciate it. It has really helped us out uh, in season one and looking forward to season two getting started here uh, very soon as well. So uh, just thanks so much. Uh, real quick, just give plugs, websites, uh, social media so people can find oh, you. Oh, sure. Yeah. So pretty much any anything and all things Media Juice you can find at mediajuice.com. Um, but we've also just uh, recently launched sort of a rebranded uh, our rebranded YouTube, which is just youtube.com forward slash media juice. And we have a lot of our original productions there. We just wrapped a 10 part series with Sean Aston as yeah. the host and, and narrator, uh, called what you don't know. And it's, it's a really fun little series. Uh, I've gotten a lot of great feedback. Um, some of the projects I mentioned, you know, video games, the movie and unlocked and all of our commercials. Um, yeah are up there. Uh, so that's fun just for entertainment viewing, but then all of our projects and client work is, is there at, uh, and the podcast is at mediajuice.com. So there you go. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, Hey, thanks so much for your time once again. All right. Thanks. Jeremiah. Good luck with cryptic. Thank you. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeremy Sneed. Big thanks to him today for coming out and being on this bonus episode and really appreciate his support both in season one and coming up in the future on season two. If you haven't had a chance yet to check out our Kickstarter, I would be ever so grateful if you would take a few moments to peruse that, check out the rewards we have, the stretch goals that we're trying to achieve. And if you can and you have the means to help us out, I would be so, so grateful and very, very much appreciate that. Uh, We would love to tell you the story of season two of cryptic it is going to be amazing and i can't wait to share it with you and hopefully that will happen this fall so thanks so much for a great season one and i mean that season one was amazing and i'm so happy that i was able to produce that and i can't wait to bring you season two but for now i'm gonna get out of here i'm jeremiah isley co-creator producer and director of cryptic we'll see you real soon